podcast about women who inspire with their heart and their hustle. I'm Leah. I'm Karen. And we're recording at my house. Yeah. It's fucking hot. <laughs> um, that's all. Happy summer. <laughs> Happy pride. Happy summer. <laughs> um, so it, it occurred to me that on, on a couple episodes ago when I said, uh, the end is nigh... That it sounded like the podcast was gonna um, end forever, um, and it really, it's just the end of season two. Uh, my friend Jose <laughs> told me that it sounded like we were gonna be done with the podcast, but we're not. It's just the end of season two, and then we'll be back with another with season three next year. But uh, just wanted to clear that up in case anyone was confused. Um, and thank you to Jose for listening. Thank you for everyone for listening, but especially <laughs> Jose, because I love him. He just posted an Instagram with him with a giant Sunday. <laughs> I can relate so hard. <laughs> um, so, in much like our last episode of last season, in this season, we're going to give away Chingona Awards. Giveaway in quotes. We don't have actual awards. Um like, physical awards to give out. Uh, just to end the season on, like, on a positive and uplifting note, because I know it just makes me feel better to hear about, like, people who are fighting the good fight and doing great things and representing their communities. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking, like, oh, man, I have one that's, like, super not uplifting, so maybe I should have have that one first so that I can end on uplifting notes. Yeah. We'll go do that. Yeah. Um, so we have a total of five Chingona Awards to give away today. I may have an honorary one for a fictional character. Okay. I'm into it. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get things started. <sighs> okay. First off, everyone just take a deep breath, because I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> This is about something that has been brewing for quite a while at the border, um, and we should all be very concerned about because it's very scary and um, just uh, all sorts of fucked up. And I don't know if you're like me, it is actually so terrible that when I see it on Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook, I have to just click out of it um, because I can't let my brain be screaming 24 hours a day. Yeah, I had to delete, I deleted Instagram and Twitter from my phone oh. yesterday, or Friday. Instagram's I just, your safe space. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't deal with it. There were too many, like, sad posts about Anthony Bourdain, and I was like, I gotta, Ugh. I don't need this right now. I, I mean, like, I, it's been a really rough week, and I just kind of wanted to escape from social media. Yeah, and that is totally okay. Like, you need to do what you need to do. And just a trigger warning, this, uh, the story I'm about to tell involves some suicide, a suicide. So basically, if you don't know what is going on, um, again, everyone should be outraged about this, I think. Uh, the Trump administration has cracked down on illegal immigration into the U.S., and part of their zero-tolerance crackdown 
um, about immigration is that when they quote-unquote catch people who are actually turning themselves in to Border Patrol or ICE, um, a lot of these people are from Central American countries and they are asking for asylum uh, because they are being threatened with gang violence in their home countries or crushing poverty where they can't feed their families. Um, uh, so when they are put in Border Patrol custody, <clears throat> part of the thing that is happening is that our own U.S. government is separating families in their custody. So they are taking toddlers and small children away from their parents and separating the parents. And something that happened just last month, it recently showed up in the Washington Post um, a few days ago. Uh, Marco Antonio Munoz was 39 years old. He's from Honduras, and he and his wife and his three-year-old son um, crossed into the U.S. in Granjeno, Texas, which is a popular border crossing. They uh, were apprehended by ICE and taken to McAllen, where they asked for um, asylum because Honduras is one of the most violent countries in the world. Um, while they were being processed or detained, um, uh, Munoz was separated from his wife and his son, and he was holding on to his son, and they said that they had to physically tear his son away from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, a border agent told news agencies that he, quote, lost his shit, unquote. Um, they put him in a cage, which is where they hold undocumented immigrants asking for asylum in, um, who were being detained. And he was shaking and punching the cage, so they transferred him to a jail cell in Rio Grande City, which is in Star County, Texas. Um, I've worked and reported in Rio Grande City. It's a strange, bizarre place uh, right on the border. And it's kind of really, it's really out there, man. Um, yeah. So they were checking on him every 30 minutes, and he seemed to be doing okay, but he was obviously very distraught. I think, as anybody can imagine, that you've made this horrific journey trying to get to the U.S., you're detained, people are explaining things to you that in not your native language, you're alone in a strange land, and then they take away your three-year-old son. Um, and they don't just take you away, they, they separate all three of you, so you don't know in whose care um, your three-year-old son is anymore. Um, so he committed suicide in his jail cell. Um, and it's very, very, very sad. Um, and this, he's not the only case. This is happening hundreds and hundreds of time on, times on the border. There are courtrooms right now full of distraught parents who are asking where their babies and toddlers and children have been taken. Um, there are even reports that the U.S. government is um, deporting the parents and accidentally keeping the children back in the U.S. in the foster care system. So it's, it's just bad all around. And uh, people should know about it. And I totally understand if, like, it's just so terrible that you can't wrap your mind around it 24 hours a day because I'm in that camp. 
Um, but I did just want to highlight an organization, and specifically a Chingona working for that organization that's working to fight things like this. Um, and they're working to fight this, um, the National Guard being in the Rio Grande Valley by the border. They're fighting separating families. They're fighting, um, you know, uh, deporting dreamers or uh, DACA kids. And her name is Tanya Chavez. And um, if you are around the Rio Grande Valley or you pay attention to immigration news, you've probably seen her before. She works for Lupe, which is La Unión de Pueblo Entero. Um, it's based in the valley, and it um, was founded from principals from Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. Um, mm. They work to give education and protection and uh, medical care to people in the colonias. Um, Tanya Chavez is undocumented herself. She's originally from Reynosa, um, and she came to the U.S. with the sole purpose of studying in the United States. She and her brother came to the U.S. But within the first year of her being here, um, her brother passed away. And so she said, like, she found herself alone in a strange country. Um, she is the fund development and system strategist for Lupe. A lot of times in news articles, she's just called um, a Lupe organizer. And any video of Lupe, you'll see them in the valley with their red shirts and their signs. Um, you will see Tanya on the front lines. I first encountered her as I was a freshman at UTPA because she was gathering signatures to get our voting um, location at the university um, reinstated. So... Tanya works tirelessly, um, actually tirelessly, and has been for, you know, I would say that was 2010, so eight years at least. Um, she founded the Minority Affairs Council, which is a student-led organization that harnesses the talents, abilities, and determination of RGV youth. Um, she learned leadership skills at the Harvard Kennedy School Center for Public Leadership. She has an MBA. Um, she's got a few degrees, actually. Um, and I just want to, like, give it to Tanya Chavez because she doesn't stop. And, like, when the world is this horrible, like, you know, you look to the helpers, and it's really encouraging that, like, when I don't know what to do in the face of all of the terrifying things that are going on to people of color and to undocumented people, it gives me hope that people like Tanya Chavez and Lupe are down there fighting the good fight and working, and they're not going to give up. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at, at Tanya Chavez. It's uh, T-A-N-I-A-C-H-A-V-E-Z. I don't know how she got that handle, but I'm glad that she did. <laughs> um, and right now it is, I don't know, the first week of June. Um, if you go to her Twitter, her very first tweet, like her latest tweet, is asking you to donate to Lupe so that they can fight uh, the separation of families at the border. It's very important. Um, I don't want to be an alarmist, but uh, you know, this this is how it starts. It's inhumane. The United Nations has said that we what we are doing as a government is inhumane. Um, and just no matter how you feel about the immigration issue in the U.S., 
I hope that everyone can agree that a three-year-old child should not have to be torn away from their parents and put into a traumatic, strange um, detention facility with strangers. It's just not right. Um, and so my very first Chingono Award goes to Tanya Chavez, because um, she's fighting the good fight, and uh, she's still out there on the front lines, and I'm really proud and honored to have met her at least a few times um, while I was working in the Valley. That was intense, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's it's something that needs to be said. I know, I mean, like I just said, I mean, I logged off of Twitter and Instagram, deleted them from my phone for at least a weekend because I just, there is so much going on in the world on a large scale, in my own world, on a personal level, and it was just a lot to deal with and I needed to disconnect, but just the fact that this, you have people like her, like Tanya, that keep at it and are like in the front lines and in the thick of it and hear and experience all these terrible things, it's incredible and it's, I can't even imagine having that kind of strength and yeah. just kind of being that person that people look to, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, oh, and, and Lupe just started a new initiative um, to encourage people, especially in the Valley, but really everywhere, whether you're undocumented or you are documented, to um, you basically record Border Patrol agents on your phone. Um, they're encouraging people to whip out their phone, and if um, ICE or Border Patrol comes and starts asking questions or wants in a home or is doing a raid to just videotape it. So they're trying to like build a library of how these agencies operate and uh, kind of what they're doing so that they can be a watchdog. Um, so like Lupe, Lupe and the ACLU, all of these organizations are working really hard to make sure that, um, you know, it, we keep the terribleness at bay as much as we can. Mm-hmm. They send me a lot of emails. I think I signed up for something a few years back when I was reporting on the border, and I forgot what it was, but I do get a lot of emails from them about just, like, initiatives or people that they're trying to highlight. Yeah, they're they're really an amazing organization. Yeah. <sighs> so, <laughs> thank you to Tanya and everyone like that like her, that are just fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um, so my first Chingona Award goes to a woman named Jessica Salgado, and as her Instagram states, she's an L.A.-born Salvadorian fat fly poet. Um, so her mom is from El Salvador, and she her mom migrated to L.A. in the 80s, uh, which is then where Jessica was born, and I found her through a, like, a body positive hashtag a few years ago that I, I can't remember. It's a hashtag that she created, um, and so her Instagram is at Jessica Star. that's Y-E-S-I-K-A-S-T-A-R-R, and, I mean, she is exactly how she states, like, she's a fat fly poet. She's such a badass. I love seeing her posts on my Instagram. She's got, she's got, like, really bold fashion, really, like, big, gorgeous, curly hair, 
and her poetry is just, it's incredibly unapologetic and incredibly vulnerable and personal, and she writes about, you know, her father's death and love and romance, friendships, like, her body, sex, confidence, and, um, I remember when I first found her on Instagram, it was, it was kind of at the height of probably the heaviest I ever weighed, and I was in my early 20s, and just kind of trying to get comfortable in this new body of mine, and I loved seeing this woman use her Instagram platform to promote body positivity, and that you can be fat and be beautiful, and have confidence, and wear crop tops, and you know, bold lipstick and curly hair and go out and, like, be hot, and I absolutely love that about her. And, um, so she just dropped, uh, her first book called Corazon dropped in March, I believe, of 2018. Um, and so that book kind of tells the, the story of the, I haven't read it, but, um, I would love to, I want to buy it, uh, like, the different kind of loves and relationships in her life, and, um, I read an article on her from Bermezcla, and she kind of talks about the book and how she, um, she didn't always have the confidence that she has now, and she, like, her mother's very Catholic, she talks about that, uh, Jessica kind of started coming into her own and started building her confidence and being proud of who she was and her body and what she does, her mom kind of told her to, like, you know, be more modest and don't wear crop tops and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. And she's just like, this is who I am. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and, uh, but she talks about how she didn't always have that confidence. And, uh, like, initially she started sharing her poetry online anonymously. And she would, like, catfish men using fake photos. Mm-hmm. And, um, she eventually, like, befriended this one guy and they got really close and he wanted to meet up. And she kept, like, putting it off, but, and then, like, she eventually told him, like, she came clean, and, like, I guess, I don't know if she, like, showed him photos, like, actual photos of her, but, um, he, this is a quote from the article, she said, he asked me, why didn't you give me the option to choose you for you? You chose, you chose for me. And she says it was in that moment that she realized she hated herself, and so that was kind of, like, a big like, a big moment for her, and she started seeing a therapist and took the steps to build her confidence and get evolved into the woman that she is today. Um, and so she's also formed, like, a feminist poetry collective called Chingona Fire, and I think I follow all of them on Instagram also. I don't have all their handles, but we can link them in the, um, or we can link the Chingona Fire Instagram on the, uh, in the description, but it's just, like, a collective of, I think, five or six women of color really loving who they are and being really body positive, and they're all relate, like, in the art. I don't know if they all do poetry, but they're all kind of in that artistic realm. And, um, I know, at least for me, I don't really, I don't really get poetry. I'm, like, not that person that, like, (laughs) understands poetry that well, but I love her poems. She posts them on Instagram a lot, and I don't know if it's just, like, stuff she thinks of on a whim and just writes them down in her phone, or it's, like, something she's kind of cooked up in her head for, you know, 
that's kind of simmered for a while, but she posts the most beautiful poems that are very relatable, being a, a woman of color that didn't always love herself and was kind of taught that because I don't fit a certain size that I, I shouldn't, mm. you know? Yeah. You just shouldn't. <laughs> right. Whatever. Um... So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give my Chingona Award, my first one, to Jessica, uh, because I absolutely adore her. I follow her on Instagram and Twitter, and I believe she is at Jessica Star on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, but I just think she's, she's such a badass and such an inspiration. Yeah, and just as a note, like, if you're on social media and something is making you feel, like, less than or bad or not as good as someone else like like you're in charge of that shit like you don't have to keep um you know logging into this thing that makes you feel horrible i know um i was i was looking at fashion and pin on pinterest and i noticed that i was just feeling worse and worse about myself because they were all these like skinny white chicks who you know can make like a I felt like could make a, a plastic bag look good. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, but that wouldn't look good on me. And then one day I was just like, what am I doing? And so I, I, I like, followed a whole bunch of, uh, you know, like, curvy fashion and, like, big girl fat, like, all these hashtags on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. um, and I stopped following all the ones that were making me feel bad. <laughs> and so now when I log on to Pinterest, it, I have just, like, this bevy of inspirational curvy women who are like rocking crop tops and rocking bikinis and rocking like you know bodycon dresses and I'm just you know it's like what you say like punched out just want to be like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so she actually one of the first so she's been published in like Huffington Post and there's actually she has like this essay that's called how crop tops became a part of my activism mm. and I'm just gonna read a little excerpt from it uh, about her first the first crop top that she ever purchased and so now she like exclusive almost exclusively wears crop tops I don't know that I've ever seen her in an Instagram post without a crop top um, so she says I ordered it online and when it arrived I hid it in my closet for a month the day I finally wore the crop top in public I wanted to fly and cry all at once I noticed all stares but I also felt incredibly powerful I have always had a bold personality, and now my outfit matched it. Slowly, my wardrobe became a collection of shirts that exposed my belly. Almost every day, I pull on a sheer or lace mesh top. I feel most beautiful when I am defiant. Mm. And I just really love that, because I remember the first time that I wore a crop top in college, and again, like, I wasn't even at my heaviest at the time, but I thought I was incredibly fat and in, like, a negative way, and I was just like, whatever, like, I'm going to wear this crop top and, like, high-rise skirt, and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go out, and I'm, I like it, and you're going to like it, too, <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> I love, as I get older, one of the, my favorite things about people is when people have, in my head I refer to it as fuck you <laughs> and it's that defiant attitude of, like, I am here, fucking deal with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've definitely become more that way as I've gotten older and I attribute it to like women like Jessica that it's only become more exposed I think in maybe the last five years that like women loving their body at any size and um I don't know I just really appreciate it because I wish I would have had somebody like this in my life when I was younger 
Yes, and fuck you, itiveness is contagious. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Okay, my next person is an actor. Um, It's Lena Waithe. Um, I first encountered her as a cast member on um, uh, Women of None. No. What's it called? Master of None? Thank you. (laughs) I put M-O-N, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. She was on um, uh, Master of None, and uh, she was, to me, like the breakout star of that show. Um, I could watch a whole, actually, like, Master of None type show about Lena Waite's character um, instead of Aziz Ansari's character. Um, (laughs) And uh, she actually writes for that show, and she became the first black woman um, to win the Outstanding Writer for Comedy Award uh, Emmy in September. So that's amazing. Comedy is so hard. Um, She is a lesbian. And, uh, one nice detail that I found about her, um, while researching for this episode, she's a sneakerhead, which means she, like, (laughs) collects sneakers, and, um, she proposed to her fiancé, Alana Mayo, in 2017, and, um, her fiancé said she wanted to get her a ring, and Lena Waits kind of said, well, you know, okay, that's not really my thing, and they were in Tokyo, and they were shopping, and I guess Lena Waite saw, like, a pair of sneakers that are only available in Tokyo. Like, I don't know a lot about sneakers, but there's some, like, limited edition crazy thing from, like, the 1980, only made from, like, 85 to 87. Um, and so Lena Waite has a pair of engagement sneakers um, from her fiancé. Um, I love that so much. Right? Isn't that amazing? Engagement sneakers. Yes. the way to go. Um, actually, well, her, I say her fiancé, but they are probably married by now. Because um, that was in 2017. Um, uh, oh, um, and this year she created The Chai about Chicago, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard is amazing and I plan to watch soon. Um, and I've just seen her everywhere talking about like, that fuck you um, being like, hey, I'm here, I'm black, I'm lesbian, and I'm a woman, and I'm gonna create content, like, about people like me, for people like me. Um, and she said, um, quote, being born gay, black, and female is not a revolutionary act. Being proud to be a gay, black, female is. Uh, she said that at the essence Black Women in Hollywood Awards in March. Um, And she was in the news at the Met Gala um, because she wore that amazing suit and rainbow cape. Oh, that's her! Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) She was looking like a snack. She looked so good. She had a sharp, tailored black suit on with these amazing, like, brooches holding on this, like, giant, like... Pride Rain- flag. Yeah, pride flag. And it was actually the new pride flag, which represents LGBTQ people of color, too. Oh. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of quotes that you can read about her and about that, but the thing that I remember is that she said, you know, like, I wanted my people to know that I have their back. And, like, they are literally on my back. I love that. And it's just so, like... And then there's, like, fashion icons talking about how... 
even though the LGBTQ community tends to be really involved in fashion, like, the fashion world is still very much, like, to these red carpet events, the women wear amazing dresses, and the men will mm-hmm. wear a suit, and Lena Waithe just said, fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I, I just imagined her on the phone, she's like, mm, I want a real nice suit, uh-huh, uh-huh, and I want a giant rainbow cape (laughs) and it just seems like the kind of thing like when you're five that you would be like yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and I just I love her so much and uh I'm glad that she's doing really well she was in Ready Player One um you know she's like writing and producing like this award-winning revolutionary series she won an Emmy um you know it just seems like She's killing it, and I'm so proud and happy for her. So, a big, giant, rainbow cape Chingona Award to <laughs> Lena Waits for just being amazing and not kowtowing to, like, the man. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> when you were, like, first talking about her, I was like, I wonder if it's that girl at the Met Gala that will, like, wear yeah. a suit in a rainbow cape. <laughs> She's on, like, a Verizon commercial right now, or, like, it sounds like her voice, and mm-hmm. I get that commercial a lot, and so I don't remember what the product is, but it's, like, you do you is what she's saying, and I'm just, like, every time I'm here, I'm, like, yes, Lena, wait, go. <laughs> um, okay, so my uh, next award is about... It's about a, it's, it goes to a person that I also found on Instagram. His name is Rin. I don't remember his last name. And he is a, uh, was assigned at birth female, but he uses they, them, he, they pronouns, uh, is non-binary, but is feminine presenting. So... He, they pronouns, but is feminine presenting. And the reason I, I found him through, like a, like, a makeup hashtag. He specifically states on his Instagram that he's not a makeup artist, but let me just tell you, if you went through his Instagram, <laughs> you would be like, that's a fucking makeup artist. Um, <laughs> so I guess self-taught makeup enthusiast, um, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so he's 19. I think he'll actually be 20 in, like, a couple weeks. But, um... And so, I, uh, this is, kind of brings up another point, because, so I know it's, it's a thing, so we're, obviously, our, our podcast is called Chingona, and right now, I feel like with, the way the Spanish language works, it's either masculine or feminine, it ends with an O, or it ends with an A, mm-hmm. and so, which is kind of a big reason why p- some people in the uh, Latino community use Latinx with an X at the end because there's no A or there's no O and it doesn't kind of put you in the male or female category. And so I know that's kind of a thing that I, when we started this podcast and we called it Chingona, I think it was right before the big Latinx wave came about. Um, and so sometimes I wonder like, okay, we're called Chingona, but I don't want to be exclusive to, I, mean, I don't want to exclude non-binary individuals. Um, well, I guess that would be, like, chingonex with an X at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because the masculine version of chingona is chingon. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I just, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I'm white, 
and I live in kind of a whiter area than previously, and so um, I find myself having to explain what chingona means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I wonder if it would be even more difficult to explain what chingonex means. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, maybe that shouldn't be a consideration. I really don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought at all. Yeah, I know some, like, so I run the Instagram, and I, I know that I... I think on, like, maybe a post or two, I've used the chingonix term, or I've used, like, the X instead of the A at the end. And, um, just because I want it to, I, I want it to be inclusive, and I don't want it to, for any particular community or person to think that we're, like, singling, or, uh, not sing, singling people out, or, you know, making this exclusive to, like, cisgender women. Um, we're yeah. not. The only people this is not for is assholes. <laughs> so if you self-identify as an asshole, like, there's the door. This ain't for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, Rin, uh, we're giving the, we'll just go ahead and say Chingona Award, uh, because he, he's so young and is such a, like, a self-taught makeup artist, and he uses, like, uh, very colorful, very bold and creative makeup, and he's been very honest uh, with his struggle with mental illness online, and he's quickly gaining a fan base, and I think a, a fan base that um, can can really relate to like a, a young person that is so well-spoken and so young. And also, he's Hispanic. He's from Texas. I think they live... He lives just outside the Dallas area with his family. Um, he's bilingual. Oh, and his Twitter is at gothfruits. That's G-O-T-H-F-R-U-I-T-S. Gothfruits. I love that name. I know. It's the best. And, like, a lot of his makeup revolves around, like, colors and fruit. Like, he'll, like, paint fruit on oh, his, wow. like, eyelids or his cheeks. Um, super, super creative and talented, and, uh, I, I, like, I mean, he's 19, so, and he's still kind of, like, uh, in kind of, like, a lower-level popularity for, like, Instagram makeup artists, makeup enthusiasts, like, he works as a pharmacy technician four days a week, and, uh, he's, like, into anime and, Mm -hmm. like, The Sims and just, like, I don't know, things that 19-year-olds are into. Yeah. Um, (laughs) whatever the kids are into these days. (laughs) Um, not to say that you can't be into that as an adult, but, um, yeah, I just wanted to give this award to Rin because I I watch, like, almost all of his Instagram stories when I can, and I feel like he has imposter syndrome, kind of, you know, he talks about how, well, his mental illness and how he didn't think he would make it to 19. So when you get to 19, you don't know, like, what to do with yourself because you didn't think you would make it that far. Mm. And um, I think because of that and because of the depression and anxiety, there is, like, some major imposter syndrome there. And Rin, if you're listening, you're fucking amazing. Like, (laughs) you don't need to feel like you're an imposter about, like, being, you know, creative makeup enthusiast, um... But I just, I wanted to give this award to him and, um, give a shout out. It's like that meme, like, 
You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're like the old ladies with our mimosas. We're just like kicking back and You're just doing like amazing. Go go. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'm totally gonna go follow him. If nothing else, because I won't be able to get the like goth fruits out of my head. I know it's and then his boyfriend's uh, handle is emo vegetables. <laughs> I know, and they're so cute together. Oh my goodness. They're, like, part, like, so yes, Instagram is usually, like, the light in my life. Like, the one social media that I can stay on and maintain my sanity. And whenever I see, like, Rin's posts, it it just, like, makes me feel better. Because he's so full of color, and his makeup is so fantastic. And, like, his relationship with his boyfriend is the cutest and it just reminds me of, like, being young and in love and, like, Aww. that, like, inseparable feeling. <laughs> I know. Sobs. They're adorable. So go follow Rin at Goth Fruits on Instagram. And I think Twitter also. Okay, so I'm really glad that you told me that the male version of Chingona is Chingon and not Chingono. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have in my notes, I think, Chingono? Question mark? Um, my, my final... Uh, Chingon Award goes to another Instagram uh, person who I think that you follow as well. Um, on Instagram, he is at Wolfgang2242. <gasps> I love him. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> so, like, compiling my list, I was like, no, he has to get an award. <laughs> like, he gets my award. Um, so he is, oh, I have his name here. His real name is Steve Greig, question mark. I just don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's mm. G-R-E-I-G. Um, but you can find him, again, on Instagram at Wolfgang2242. He is just the sweetest man. He <laughs> is an accountant in Denver. Um, oh, my God, he's in Denver? Yeah, you didn't know I that? I didn't know he was in Denver. Yeah. Let's go find him. <laughs> I know. He posts, like, sometimes he'll post, like, them out for walks in, like, I recognize an area or, like, oh at different places. And I'm just like, I need to start stalking that Instagram so more. <laughs> so, Steve Wolfgang, his, um, he had a pet, a dog named Wolfgang, and it was a mini pincher, and his dog died. And instead of sort of, um, he gave an interview, I think, to the Huffington Post that I read. And he said that, you know, a lot of people, when their beloved pet dies, they don't want to get another one. It's kind of like a, like a grieving, you know, it's a grieving process because, um, like, you can become very close to animals. I'm, like, we're literally surrounded by my two animals right now. It's true. <laughs> They're lazy and adorable and I love them. Um, anyways, uh, Steve's dog died but instead of kind of like going into that like sort of dark grieving space he said that he found his purpose in life and um you know I don't know what the process was but he adopts senior pets who like no one else wants and gives them just the most amazing luxurious life possible and I I love it because like I'm really critical of animal hoarders I hate animal hoarders um, I got my cat from a lady who had about, like, 40 cats in the space of one little bedroom. Um, and she, like, totally did not understand what the problem was. So anyways, animal, animal hoarders are kind of the worst. Um, 
Steve Wolfgang is not an animal hoarder. He has like two dozen animals. But when you see his Instagram posts, they are so pampered. They are living their best life. It's true. He, they live better than me. They do. He obviously puts in so much time and money and effort into making like their final years the absolute best they can be. And they're all senior animals, right? Yeah, they're all senior animals. And maybe, this is a weird note, but his house is very neat and clean as well. Yeah, it's not messy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he lives... Like I said, with two dozen animals, some of my favorites of his are definitely the pig, Bikini. Bikini! I love Bikini! Uh, Bikini has, like, her own special bed and, like, her own special rituals, (laughs) and she's just amazing. Um, Oh, and a lot of his senior dogs have, like, old people names. Yes, they do. (laughs) Um, So there's, like, Doris... Um, he recently got chickens, and there's Loretta, Waylon, and Betty. I didn't know he got chickens. Yeah, he's got senior <laughs> chickens, and one of them's a really fluffy chicken. You would love oh them. God. Betty's a fluffy chicken. Oh my god, I gotta go. I gotta go see him. Um, he's got Engelbert and Enoch, and so Enoch is a huge, like... It's an Irish wolfhound. Yeah, it's an Irish wolfhound, and then Engelbert's a teeny tiny little chihuahua. Um, and they're the best friends. I know. I love them, too. I'm, like, crying <laughs> just thinking about this Instagram account. And he recently posted something about Engelbert, the little chihuahua that I didn't know that was that, like, his owners had, like, left him tight, you know, chained up outside when it was cold. And uh, he got frostbite on his little ears. And so um, Wolfgang posted a a photo of Engelbert, like, um, when we had a cold snap recently. And he's just, like, asleep on the poofiest looking poof inside, wearing, (laughs) like, the cutest little sweater. And, And the guy, Steve, in the caption, he, like, he tells about, like, where Engelbert came from. And he's just like... I hope he he's much happier now. And I'm just like, he is. <laughs> he's so happy. Oh. Um, so, like, following this Instagram account means getting really attached to these senior pets. Um, and it just goes to show you that, like, senior pets are not to be discarded. Like, they're to be cared for and loved. And they'll give you, like, love in return. Um, and he also, like, once a month or once a week, he will feature senior pets that need a home in the Denver area on his Instagram account. So, like, <laughs> if if you're like me and you're at your animal capacity, because um, my husband says they can't outnumber us, um, so we're tied right now, so we can't get a third one. Um, it's like, a, it hurts my heart a little bit because I want to just go scoop them up. Um, but I know that they're all going to, like, really good homes. And this is just a man who has put his whole life to, like, ugh, I just can't. He's just, like, a good person in the world. Yeah. And he deserves all the accolades. And if the <laughs> best I can give him is an imaginary Chingona award, I want to. Because he's amazing. And you should definitely follow at Wolfgang2242 on Instagram if you can. Um, and you can shop. Um, he's got a shop on his website. Um, where you can order t-shirts and stuff, and all the proceeds go towards, like, rescuing senior animals. Um, it's just, it's the best. He's the best. I love him. (laughs) I've never met him. I'm just really glad he exists in the world. Yeah, we need as many forces for good as possible, I think, especially right now. Yeah. 
Oh, and do you want to know my honorary one that I thought of, like, this morning? Yeah. Wait, I wanted to say something really quickly about Rin that I forgot. Um, so Rin is also pansexual, um, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a part of the LGBT plus community that doesn't get represent- representation a lot. In addition to being masculine, me, sorry, not being masculine, be using he-they pronouns, but presenting feminine also doesn't get representation a lot, so he's really kind of... I guess bringing light or helping bring a voice to that particular part of the community. And so, go Ren. Yay. Also, if my first name was Ren, my last name would totally be Fair. <laughs> What's Ren Fair? Ren Fair. I don't know what that is. Like a Renaissance Fair. Oh. But okay. I, I would be like Fair, like Liz Fair. So it would be Ren, <laughs> P-H-A-I-R. <laughs> Ren, if you're listening, just an idea. <laughs> Just you don't not. have to pay me for that one. <laughs> okay, who's your honorary? <laughs> okay, maybe this is a little silly, and maybe I'm just overly emotional today, but The Incredibles 2 is coming out soon. <gasps> yeah! Yeah! And I've been seeing all the promos for it, so I set my DVR to record The Incredibles, and I was <laughs> watching it this morning. Um, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I forgot, A, how good The Incredibles is, but also, B, the mom in The Incredibles. She's Elastigirl, and her secret, like, her identity is Helen Perry. Um, she's the real hero of that movie. <laughs> like, just, uh, she didn't ask for any of this. Like, the whole movie is because her fuck-up husband can't, like, stop being a superhero. Oh, God. And so she just gets dragged into, like, these ridiculous situations. She's doing the best she can. Her kids stow away, so now she's, like, fighting evil, trying to save her husband, and trying to, like, make sure her kids are okay. Oh, and she's got, like, an infant at home, so she's making sure that, like, the babysitter isn't gonna, like, like... It's amazing, and, like, no one ever gives her her dues in the movie, and I just think, like, if you could give a fictional character a Chingona award, like, it should definitely be Elastigirl from The Incredibles, (laughs) and I think Incredibles 2 is gonna focus on her a little bit more, so I'm really happy about that. Like, she's gonna get hers in Incredibles 2, um, but yeah, like, I can relate. Also, she's thick. Like <laughs> two C's. <laughs> like the design, I, I, I sort of like the cartoons and Pixar movies from my childhood. Like where people are thick, were really important. Like Lilo and Stitch. I love the designs of those <laughs> characters, and I've forgotten about the Incredibles. Like every character is sort of a different shape, and she. Okay, so Mrs. Incredible Helen, she just has these, like, amazing hips. Mm-hmm. And you can see her in the movie when she puts her, her super suit back on. She's, like, she turns during a fight scene to, like, look at her butt and sort of, like, <laughs> sighs. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she catches her husband, like, hugging this stick-thin little, like, this woman. Um, and uh, she punches the woman. Um, anyways, I just... You know what? Like, she doesn't get enough recognition. She's amazing. <laughs> like, she turned into a boat for her children. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot she turned into a boat. Like, she's just handling <laughs> shit. Like, she's in a pa- plane crash with her adolescent children, and they're fucking panicking, and they, like, her kid is being like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And, like, instead of, like, breaking down, she's just like, no. Like, okay, I'm going to be a boat, you're going to be the moat. Like, it's amazing! <laughs> That's, like, 
peak description of a mom. Like, we'll turn into a boat for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I love that. That's a good honorary <laughs> or fictional Chingona award. I approve of it. I was just struck <laughs> by, like, how much really she is just sort of dealing with shit that she didn't ask for. The end. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm very happy with these awards that we have today, and I hope that the chingonas that we've given them to are happy too that we've given them these <laughs> awards. Please don't throw away your imaginary chingona <laughs> award. It might be worth something someday. <laughs> so may we all have the strength of Tanya Chavez. Yes. And the confidence of Jessica Salgado. The... Badassery? Yeah. Of Lena Waithe? Yeah. And uh, the creativity of Rin. Oh, and the kindness of Wolfgang 2242. Yeah. And compassion. And just the handling shit of <laughs> Elastigirl and the Incredibles. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for for listening to this episode, the season finale, season two finale of Chingona. It's been it's been fun. It's been a lot. I'm very proud of this season. Yeah. And uh, took a lot of work. And thank you guys as always for listening. We really really appreciate it. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Chingona Podcast. Um. We hope we made your Mondays a little bit better. Sometimes Tuesdays, but, you know, no one's perfect. (laughs) We just hope, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of, we got you. Yeah. We're here for you. Um, And then we will be back for season three sometime next year. Yeah, don't say, I was like, don't you dare say a date. (laughs) (laughs) At exactly 11.59. No. We'll be back. Just, uh, you know, it's like, um, a package that you forgot you ordered. Like, it'll, it'll, it'll come. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.